Hi Brickies, I'm Dominic, the last one standing with a kink for cannibalism. And I'm Kate, the resident phobia expert who also hears voices. And you're listening to Shit and Bricks. A podcast where we talk shit about stuff that scares us. Ripping a few laughs and survival tips along the way. As always, please subscribe, rate and review us. And don't forget to follow us on the socials at Shit and Bricks Podcast. Like the morning after a night on the curries and cans, here it comes. So drop your ducks, pop a squat and let's get into it. Just flat out, stealing your money. Flat out. No, I went because I have problems with my shoulders and my jaw. Um, too many boojos. <laughs> no. I was about anyway, to say, um, what's the connection between the jaw? And the... <laughs> uh, that's how I pay my physio. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, oh, my internet is struggle town. If I drop out at some point, I do apologize. It's okay. So I went to the physio and he fixed me. Well, he said, well, okay. Shall this multi- love your this is a massive multifaceted, multifaceted. Okay, so I went to the physio, um, Dr. Ross, which he's not even a, a, a doctor, so he doesn't be called Dr. Ross, but I call him that. <laughs> he is just a delight and I love him so much. Um, but he was fixing my shoulders and firstly, quite challenging when I'm just in trackies and a sports top and he just is rubbing me down and just keeps on whispering in my ear. We all know how I feel about whispering. Um, geez, that's tight. And I, I don't know. I don't know how to respond. And I don't because it's probably best. Because I, I feel like, you know, wouldn't you like to know? I don't know. <laughs> like, anyhow. So I he's, felt he's, he, he fixed me. Um, but I have to go back in a couple of weeks. It's just a mess. I'm a mess. And um, now it's just, yeah, it's it's grief. I've had a headache for two days. So I'll um, be writing a Yelp review. <laughs> and we're going to share his uh, contact details. No, don't. Leave him alone. He's my dream. I love him so much. <laughs> I'll actually, I'll come clean, Kate, because I Uh-oh. also see an osteo. So okay. I don't know if on the scale of accreditation <laughs> legitimacy, they're not as low as a chiropractor, but they're anyway. No, I do not love a chiropractor. Yeah. Physio is like the perfect combination. And anyway, onto your osteo. So I see an osteo and, oh, he is, he is just a hot cup of Joe. He is. Yeah. He's, <laughs> hits the spot <laughs> quite literally. <laughs> <laughs> And he loves talking about footy. He's Italian. He's from the same sort of area that, you know, my family, Your family from. is from. Yeah. Um, and we have a grand old time. But I sit there and I'm completely topless. Like, yeah. It's full, you know, semi nude. And Excellent. then he's like bear hugging me and he's cracking me and bending me and little all over the place. And I'm like, Whoa. yeah, it's a very, yeah. As far as services I pay for, that's one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leave the money on the bench. So you're oh, there. goodness me. And, and I just recently, because I'm of age, and by of age, you know, I'm past the age of consent, but I'm now in the point where the health system feels sorry for me because I am a single gal over 30 who's not had a baby. And they're like, you should get health insurance. <laughs> so I did that. And then they punish you for not having had health insurance. Yeah. So I'm getting punished. In so many ways. Um, but, yes, yeah, so I was able to do that for the physio. I'm like, yeah, I've got a health insurance. And they were like, oh, okay, cool. You can have some money back. I was like, huh? Mm. What? Cool, man. So I did that. Yeah, folks, if you are not yet 30 and in Australia. Yeah. Get health insurance. Go do it because it's just yeah, it's frustrating. It's lose-lose. Yeah. You get it yeah. and you're paying for it and it's you feel like, why the hell? Yeah. But then you don't get it and then you pay for not and having pay. it. And then you pay. Yeah. Like, well, fuck, I should have had it. Anyway. <clears throat> boy, oh, boy. Hey, Dom. Hi, Kate. Wait. Yeah. Did we uh, <laughs> no, but you have just any? Did. <laughs> did we do that? Okay. Now, question for you now is, is there any? Ding, ding. Housekeeping. 
That's a nice Julie Andrews moment there. It was a bit. Uh, yeah, we'll do a quick little housekeeping, folks. Um, if you're new to us, welcome. Hi. To Shitting Bricks. How you doing? Um, I did actually spruik us to a few celebrities over the weekend on a TikTok, Instagram, Ask Me Anything sort of binge. They were all asking questions, so I recommended oh, us, Ken. Nice. So, I don't know, maybe a famous person's listening. Yeah, hi. But if they are... You should go check out our own socials because we're famous too. Um, yeah, it's exactly. Dot bricks. Dot podcast, and we're on TikTokies, Instagrams, Facebooks, YouTubes. It's a lot of fun. All that fun stuff. So go check us out. It's really cool. Um, we are also part of the Boopod Network, which is a group of kick-ass podcasts. Um, yeah. We're not spooking any particular podcast this week, but go check us out. They're on all of our socials, and. In October, we're doing a big Halloween special, which I can't tell you what it is yet, but it's exciting. And yeah, yeah, we're getting ready for it. And I'm really pumped. We're doing it. We're doing it. Yeah. So shout out to all of our Boopod Network fans. Yeah. Hello. Hi. And Hi. also each week, Kate and I do a bonus episode. So you should go sign up to our Patreon. It's only like five bucks a month. It's really cheap. That's a coffee. It's an oat milk coffee. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't know. I don't drink coffee, but. I don't, but my work wife, Jessica, does, and I get her oat hot chocolates uh, because she is with child. I can't wait to be a mother. And that would be over $5, I would imagine. It is. I went and shouted three coffees and it cost me $17.50 the other day. Wow. (laughs) I'm going to have to cancel my health insurance. Exactly. If you can go do that. Cancel your health insurance and give us the yeah. money. Become a Patreon. We're better for your health than health insurance. Yeah. I like it. Nice no sting. <laughs> nice sting. And last but not least, if you make it to the end of the episode, which of course you will because it's Kate's turn this week and you've all <laughs> missed her beautiful voice, give well, us a rating there. or a review. Yes, please. Do it. And that's about it. Wrapping it up with the housekeeping. Housekeeping. <laughs> oh, boy. Speaking of Patreon. Our premium Patreon member, Chelsea Wilkinson. Yes. No, Chelsea used to be. She changed her name many years ago. <laughs> I uh, reached out to her because I was a little bit stuck and she suggested that I do an episode on catfish. <gasps> so today's episode is one of my classics, multi-story, multi-faceted episode about catfish. Would you like to learn a little bit about this, Dominic? I've I've had many a nice catfish dishes all oh. across the southern parts of the United States. So excellent. Well, let me tell you a little bit about it. <laughs> catfish are a diverse group of fish named for their prominent barbells, <laughs> which give the image of cat-like whiskers. Catfish are found primarily in freshwater environments of all kinds, with species on every continent except Antarctica. You miss out. Sorry, folks. Some species of the families Aridae and Plotosidae are also found in marine environments. There are armor-plated types and also naked types. Hello. However, they do not have scales. There's an interesting fact for you. Mm-hmm. Not all catfish families have prominent barbells. What defines a fish as being in the order? Ciliary formes are certain features of the skull and swim bladder. Now, catfish have no scales. All catfish, except members of the electric catfish family, possess a strong, hollow, bony leading ray on their dorsal and pectoral fins through which a stinging protein can be delivered if the fish is irritated. Humans cannot die from this uh, protein, um, but it does cause you a good deal of grief, just letting you know. Mm. Catfish have a sweet, mild flesh, which makes them an important fish uh, for food throughout the world. Blue catfish and bullheads are cultivated in North America, uh, especially in the Deep South, with Mississippi being the largest domestic catfish producer. Air-breathing catfish and shark catfish are heavily cultured in Africa and Asia. Catfish range in size and behavior from the heaviest catfish uh, and the um, longest uh, catfish, which is the Wells catfish of Eurasia. The Mekong catfish is one of the biggest. The average size of the species is about 1.2 to 1.6 meters in length, and fish of more than two meters are very rare. The largest specimen on record measures more than 2.5 metres in length and sometimes exceeds 100 kilograms in weight. 
That's a fat fucking fish. It is. <laughs> it is. Now, folks, don't dismay. Don't be concerned. <laughs> Believe it or not, this episode is not about catfish, which you eat or fish for. Uh, I'm going to go on a bit of a different tangent, but I wanted you all to learn something and I really wanted to start the episode off with a bang because we love to teach you, we love to talk about things, and I, for one, did not know catfish could be that big, nor that they did not have skulls. So whilst we put a little pin in our catfish learning, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the digital kind (laughs) which is a person who pretends to be somebody else online and lures folks in to a false <laughs> sense of security, relationship and lifestyle and never meets and never does stuff. Are you ready, Doc? I am, but I do want to just give a shout out to us <laughs> on that seamless comedy tra- how's setup. The, how was it? How was yeah. that? Oh. You know, and I, I will say in order for me to do that, uh, what some may call a joke, inverted commas, I had I went to five different fish <laughs> enthusiast websites and I tell you what, if you want a bit of a gas, go and look up some catfish and some fish websites because they are just a fabulous, fabulous group of people that are putting effort into teaching people about aquatic animals. Isn't it lovely? Like, There's some people that get so excited about topics like that. Yes, exactly. The way that we get excited about Pierce Brosnan and Michael Douglas. Oh, stop it. Please, I've just slipped off my chair. (laughs) Um, Yeah, exactly. They're so cute and I love it. And they're such wholesome websites and they really just want to teach people about fish and I loved it. So I'm glad that I was able to uh, dive into that and give you guys some catfish facts. Thank you for the learnings, Kate. But no problems. I but want to hear about this scary side of catfishing. Okay, let's talk a little bit more about the uh, yeah the uh, the dodgy side of catfishing. I'm going to teach you a little bit about the history of catfish in the digital sense. So bear with me. This article uh, that I'm first going to read from it's a little wordy and it's a little bit almost. I'm glad that I've been rewatching The West Wing for the umpteenth time because my vocabulary extends when I watch that program because that's just how um, Aaron Sorkin writes. So I should be able to get through this, but Who knows? It's more fun when we can't get through it. Quite early in life, George Tracy discovered that if he were to be reasonably happy and prosperous, he must pretend. So begins a mesmerising psychological novel by Charles Marriott, published in 1913. The tale of George's lifelong obsession with the elusive frenemy named Mary, who has the key to the side door of his nature, has long been out of print. However, it is remembered chiefly for its title, The Catfish. Yes, this century-old's book gives us the figure of a modern-day catfish, the shrewd machinator who breaks hearts and passwords with nothing but Wi-Fi, cunning and yottabites of imagination. This conceit was reprised in the 2010 documentary by Ariel Shulman and Henry Joost called Catfish which tells the story of a Michigan artist, Angela Wesselman, who used fake fake Facebook profiles and other online trickery to deceive Shulman's brother, Nev. Now, you would know Nev Shulman from the MTV program Catfish, so tell a little bit about um, that in a moment, but that's who we're sort of talking about in the modern sense. Yeah. Now, if you are a bit confused... Uh, That's allegedly where you should be. The numberless catfish who now course through social media, the ones who devastate lives with sophisticated online masquerades, exist to beguile and disturb. That's actually on my business card. That's what I exist to do. (laughs) I love that word, beguile. Beguiling. You read that and it makes you feel a certain way. It does. You sort of imagine like a fairy wand, beguiling. I have been beguiled before and it's quite fun, but then you sort of go, whoa, what just happened? I just lost 10 minutes of my life. Catfish, like the fictional Mary or the real-life Angela, are foxy and artistic, also on my business card under beguiling and disturbing. Others are in it for the money or for the laughs, but in all catfishing cases, the happiness of the catfish requires your disequilibrium and your obsession with them. Disequilibrium. Mm. Okay. The con- I, I think that I haven't even, I mean, I've read it over, but this is, uh, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling my oats. You're smart. 
The contemporary catfish leverages everything from Hinge to Photoshop to WhatsApp, but the catfish dynamic long predates the internet and even Marriott's novel. In the 1660s, the dauntless Mary Carlton concocted letters and official certificates to steal hearts and monies from rich chumps, using a deck of beguiling identities from a principled virgin heiress to an orphaned German princess. So we're going way back. This is the, the history. Around 1700, George Salmanazar, a fraudster, probably French but posing as a Taiwanese adventurer, published a book describing his pretend homeland as a, a polygamist bachanalia, okay, I need to look that word up, where men, naked except for gold and silver genital plates, oh, I'm going, sacrificed children and ate their wives. Oh, maybe I'm not going. You too. The, <laughs> the dubious, Go round. The dubious shtick won him admirers for his heroic escape from paganism to Christianity. One of his admirers paid his living expenses in the 1700s. Yeah, Catfish, baby. Classic con artist activity here, right? Correct. Shakespeare's characters, of course, can catfish as dexterously as any finster phantom, and they gender bend and transhumanize their way through exquisite courtship chicanery. A bed trick, a favourite device of Shakespeare, happens when one person subs for another in the midst of a sexual act. Good on you, Shakespeare. Wow. Keeping it real. Yeah. In Marriott's novel, the catfish Mary is less a liar than an agitator. She meets George in childhood and nips at the edges of his life into late middle age. She gets him to question everything. He can't tell if he loves her or despises her. She also goads him to more engaged and ecstatic existence. In this way, she is akin to Neve Shulman's, Nev Shulman's catfish Angela, who turned him from a defeated dropout to a man with a purpose. So let me tell you uh, just a brief snapshot of uh, Neve Shulman's catfish yep. saga, if you're not already aware of it. Angela introduced Nev to an eight-year-old prodigy painter. So he was a photographer at the time. He was also working with his brother. Um, a, sorry, a prodigy painter, a 19-year-old seductress, and a whole cast of supporting characters composed of MP3 fragments, online video, photographs, text messages, and nearly a dozen Facebook profiles. Shulman, at 24, had his worldview blown open when he fell hard for the seductress, who in pictures looked a little like Jennifer Lawrence. Only when he and his brother's film crew, suspecting something was up, drove to Michigan's Upper Peninsula to doorstop Angela did the scales truly fall. Angela, who does not look like Jennifer Lawrence, was playing all of the characters. Nev was first annoyed, then impressed, then grateful. He told me, the person who wrote the article, that Angela is still the greatest catfish that he has ever encountered. Angela's husband, Vince, who likely came to the catfish allegory by the way of a popular Christian writer, Joel Osteen, puts his own spin on it. So this is where they came up with the title Catfish of the film of Neve's um, uh, tale. Yeah, yeah. And the story, I mean, I, I, I kind of get it, but bear with me. This is, what it, this is what it is. And it's sort of a long tale that doesn't really, you know. Anyway, so... Vince, so this is Angela's husband, so Angela, the woman catfishing Nev, 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 Nev. They used a uh, used to tank cod from Alaska all the way to China, he says, mixing up the geography. By the time the codfish reached China, the flesh was mush and tasteless. So this guy came up with the idea that if you put these cods in big vats and put some catfish in with them, that the catfish will keep the cod agile. And there are those people who are catfish in life. They keep you on your toes. They keep you guessing. They keep you thinking. They keep you fresh. So that's what Vince had said when they interviewed him. Interesting. Uh, so they got to interview, yeah, Angela and Vince, and they seemed to be just kind of like, oh, yeah, we did that. And this <laughs> is just such a cracker's story of why people would be doing this to this man. But this brought the catfish, uh, you know, for, full circle. The person of Angela recalls the fictional Mary, each is an intriguing and maddening woman who shakes up the existence of another. Not long ago, Shulman's MTV show became a podcast 
Shulman and co-hosts. They help a bunch of, you know, um, young lonely hearts who have fallen in love with digital digital humans, uh, determining, and they help them to determine fact from fiction. Over and over, the show features catfish victims who have been daydreaming into their phones, shoring up fragmentary missives from the outer space to create alternate lives. So that's a bit of the brief history of catfish. It's kind of unsettling on so many different levels that there's, that A, this was always around, but B, like just the fact that there's an industry on this now, there's an acceptance that it's just normal, okay-ish behaviour to certain degrees. I mean, even I was following... um... I think like Bumble have an Instagram profile. So they they share things about dating and and stories and stuff like that. So I follow them. But even then I saw just a few days ago that they posted, you know, the sort of checklist of going out on dates, mm. uh, you know, and just things around, um, you know, trying a phone call before you meet or, you know, organising the time, meeting in a public place, uh, all of those sorts of things. And it's that sort of checklist where I just think, gosh, there's still people who aren't doing those things who are putting themselves in vulnerable positions to to become victims of this. And it's, it's um, yeah, it's really scary because with Photoshop and, you know, like internet sites and stuff, it can be, I'd imagine it would be easy-ish until you get to the meeting part. Yeah, but even then, and I'm sure you're going to get to it, Kate, there are some intense, intense examples of people that have met Married, yep. had children, yep. known each other for quite a long time, and then the fish, yeah, doesn't get the into fish the doesn't hit. the fish doesn't fall far from the tank. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. I do. Yeah, I know what you mean. It just sort of all comes out after. Yeah, I I struggle to like figure out who I am on a daily basis, <laughs> let alone being able to concoct and maintain a lie of that level. I mean, I have students ask me about my relationship and my status and all that sort of stuff every day. And I give them different answers all the time because one, it's none of their business. Uh, and two, if they knew the real story, they'd be traumatized. So I don't give them much information, but it is funny when you think about, I had some ask me today where they said, um, you know, are you married? And I said, not yet. And they said, oh, so you're engaged. And I was like, also not yet. And they said, oh, okay, so does your boyfriend like want to propose to you? And I was like, I'm not sure you'd have to ask him. (laughs) It doesn't exist. But at the same time, but it's funny how, you know, people pop into my head and I'm like, who would fit that bill? Who could I pretend that it is? And I'm like, this is too hard and scary. I'm not pretending about anything. So these folks are pretty, pretty incredible. I think I could do it. I think I could do it if I didn't know the person or didn't have, you know, like. Yeah. Like I As in catfish or yeah. maintain a, a hidden life? If it was, if there was no collateral, like if there was no damage yeah. or risk to actually hurting someone. Yeah, exactly. I would love yeah. to give it a crack and see if I could do it. Yeah. I would never do it because I don't want to hurt people. But um, yeah. I also think I th- would be pretty good at spotting one. Okay. Interesting. And it reminds me of that. There's a game on Netflix, which I don't know if you're going to mention it, um, that talks about catfishing um i'm gonna leave that at there in case you do talk about it um, okay i don't think that i do but i'll talk about it at the end all right and i think overall before i get into some of the little stories that i'm going to tell so i'm going to tell a few little stories and then one of the more um you know well-publicized well-known stories toward the end but overall some of them are really sad sad and it's just, you know, people that are trying to understand identity and be, you know, a certain person or a certain way. And it's just, yeah, it's really unfortunate for the collateral that can occur. But yeah, I'm going to, all right, I'm going to start off with, it's it's a bit sad, but it's actually really sweet. Okay. Um, I'll get into it. All right, here's a few stories. So I went ahead and I had to look up a few stories. So these are real life stories from people who have been published to a website. Names are all changed and all that sort of stuff, but I put together a bit of a compilation. So here we go. The first story is um, from a gentleman by the name of Noah, not real name, but Noah, 39. Uh, he says, This happened nearly 20 years ago, right around the time that OKCupid was first becoming a thing. 
I was 24 and it was my first time actually going on a date from OkCupid. I was pretty active and artistic and had put that into my profile, fire dancing, theatre, circus arts, rock climbing, going to Burning Man, that kind of thing. And I found my date there. She said that she was 23 and into most of the things that I was into, which seemed pretty awesome. So I agreed to meet her at the local ice cream store. I got there and the woman that walked in was at least as old as my mother. I'm guessing that she had to be north of 50. She was out of shape as well and couldn't possibly be doing the activities that she described. But I chatted with her anyway, just mostly out of curiosity. It turned out that she had worked at the DMV, so the Department of Motor Vehicles, like the, you know, Vic Roads here, for the last 30 years or so. And all that stuff in her profile were things that she wanted to have done but never actually did. And it gets so much sweeter. I love Noah. I ended up going for a walk with her and talking, but that was it. It was obvious that we weren't going to keep dating. I was a bit too confrontation adverse, averse, so I just asked her about who she was, but I never brought it up directly. I figured that she was lonely. She sort of talked about who she really was, though she dropped the act right away. We didn't bring up the fake profile at all. I just tried to figure out who she was as the real person, which was just a lonely old DMV worker lady. Okay, middle-aged, but... Middle-aged, yeah. <laughs> let's be calm. Come on, Noah. Let's just calm it I down. Mean, she's she's, out, she's old now because that yeah, was 20 years ago. Exactly right. I think it's safe to say 70 is on the older scale, but, um, oh, Noah, it's props yeah. to you, Sunny. I know, yeah. Just to go out, I yeah. know. So sweet. All right, the next is from Daryl. Dazza. 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 Last year, I matched with this girl on Bumble. We hit it off quite well and everything seemed fine, so I suggested meeting for a meal. That's when things started getting weird. After I asked her out, she would go on about how she had friends that would treat her to exorbitant meals. To me, it was like weird flex, but okay. And I was kind of a simp. Now, Dom, tell me what a simp is. Um, Simple-minded, simple, simple. <laughs> A simp is like, and I'm going to have to look up the actual Urban Dictionary. Hang on. Urban Dictionary is actually saved in my... um, Meat and potatoes. (laughs) Simp is, uh, let me chuck it in because I want to get the right. I should have written this down before. No, not sumo. Goodness gracious. Don't. Urban Dictionary is one of the greatest things alive, by the way. It's quite literally the greatest website ever. Um, So a simp is a person um, who does way too much for a person they like. So just goes oh. out of their way to impress them or buy them stuff or like, yeah, when they're not necessarily that into them. So Ew. this fellow okay. is a bit of a simp. Now, she was hot in her photos and I was feeling chemistry between us over text. She'd also suggested expensive places for me and our meal and even mentioned omakase, a chef-curated Japanese meal that's typically pricey, a few times, but I just brushed it off. We decided on a sushi place in town. She was an hour late and kept warning me about how she might look different. Mm. Uh Uh I didn't think too much about it, but when she finally arrived, I wanted to bail hard. I genuinely didn't recognize her. It's not that she looked bad in real life, but her photos were not an honest representation of how she looked. When we arrived at the sushi restaurant, she started ordering expensive sashimi cuts and drinks while not really engaging in the conversation at all. And that's what that's when I realized what was happening. After the meal, she looked to be in a rush to go somewhere, and I just decided to leave as well. She stopped replying to my texts after a few days, and I figured she was ghosting me. The meal cost me over $170. Oh Dazza. God, that's just <laughs> awkward. I, I don't understand people that sit through those sorts of things. I I yeah, yeah. I'm I'm Out I'm very there. much a, a first date is a coffee. It's not a full meal. We're not sitting through a meal. You don't know if the service is going to be slow. You don't know what you're going to be stuck with. It is a coffee. That is it. Because the only purpose of a first date is to decide whether you want to go on a second date. That's how I see it. So if you go for a coffee, I decide in the first 10 minutes whether this is going to go anywhere. So I can either smash down my soy latte (laughs) and be like, oh, I've got to go. Thanks so much for your time. 
Or you can then, if it's working out really well, you have a coffee, then maybe you go, actually, I'm a bit hungry. I'm going to get some brunch. And then brunch turns into lunch and lunch turns into lifetime. So, you know, it seems to be working out so well for me so far. <laughs> Don't listen to my dating advice. No, but-, but just because that doesn't mean that you're with someone, Kate, you it, it's it can mean the opposite. You're not wasting your time with someone. Exactly. Like I have gone to hookups before and I've opened the door and then I've shut the door and just left <laughs> Like words oh, don't nope. even need to be said. I'm like, <laughs> not happening. Not happening. Not happening. Thanks Shut though, babe. But yeah. <laughs> like I'm not wasting my time. No, why would you? All right. The next little story I have during my teens. Now this one was like, yeah, again, a little bit sad, but this is from Timothy. During my teen years, I frequented, not our Timothy, Another there's a couple other Timothys, I think. <laughs> During my teen years, I frequented the dating chat rooms on AOL Instant Messenger. Throwback. Remember it. Yeah. Before long, conversing with my new friend became a much anticipated part of my nightly routine. Many of her anecdotes included references to her identical twin, and as topics came to include more intimate details, our interactions took a turn. During one memorable exchange, she told me about how she and her twin sister had a foursome with their boyfriends while their parents were out of town. Then after a month or two of daily conversation, she told me that her sister and her father died in a car accident. I did my absolute best to offer condolences, but I was out of my element. I was just a 16-year-old kid with no idea of how to comfort someone during a genuine tragedy, so I asked what I could do to help. The girl told me that I should distract her by sending graphic pictures of myself. Uh, It didn't make a lot of sense to me, but I complied. The stories became wilder. She said her mother suffered from a debilitating accident and died soon after. She was supposedly sent to live with her uncle who forced her to work in a strip club. And then she said that she had learned that she'd been adopted at birth. Throughout it all, all, I offered whatever reassurance I could muster, even as my long-suppressed long-suppressed suspicion began to assert itself. As more and more inconsistencies started cropping up, I realized that I had been swallowing lie after lie for months. I gave her an ultimatum. She could either tell me who she really was or I would permanently cut off contact with her. It led to our first and only meeting via webcam. The girl on my screen was a teenager, but that was the only truthful link to the description that she had given me. The twin, I learned, never existed. The girl's parents were both alive and well, and all of her stories, she claimed, had been invented to keep me interested because, according to her, I wouldn't have kept talking to her if I had learned who she really was. In the end, she was proven right. I did stop talking to her because by then I had learned that I could not trust a single thing she said yep see you next yep never bye bye (laughs) next i mean what is it what is it about children and teenagers these days with that you know what are they consuming that's telling them these stories right i know i know and to think that that's what you need to do to keep people interested is to talk about these horrendous life experiences that aren't even happening to you Bless. Compulsive lying is a real thing. Yes, without a doubt. Okay, my next mini story. Don't have a name for this one. We're just going to say it's by Sandra. Sandon. Sandon. I think it's a dude. Sandon. Yeah. Okay. The only time I've ever been catfished was the time my ex set up a fake account to test my loyalty. This one is so not well thought out. It's great. At the time, Ali and I were navigating a long-distance relationship after she had moved across the country. Because of college, I could only spend summer and winter breaks with her, and for the rest of the relationship, we were over a 1,000 miles apart. One day, I got a friend request on Facebook from a beautiful girl that I didn't recognize. Right away, I knew it was bullshit. We had no mutual friends, (laughs) and she was far too attractive to decide that I should become her first Facebook friend And then I noticed the name, Ela. I might not have noticed that her name was my girlfriend's name backwards, but she had also given this fake account her backwards last name. 
I declined the request and messaged her real account, nice try, Ila, to which she responded, how the fuck did you know? (laughs) I took a second look at the profile and a pattern emerged. Ila had had dark hair, listened to books in her interests and was a college graduate. It became clear to me that Ali had molded Ila to be exactly what she feared I would prefer over her. Really, it was quite sad, and I think that's part of the reason I put up with her trust issues. I thought past trauma was the root of it all. You've got to be a bit cleverino <laughs> than that, don't you? First and last name? Come on. I'm just not a fan of the whole testing. Mm-mm. The whole give me no. a phone, let me look. No, no good no, God. No, no, no. And on the flip side of that, I'd be like, yeah, go nuts. What do I care? But then it would be a whole thing of if they read stuff and they were just like, who's this person? I'm like, I don't know. It's some fucking, I don't know, heaps of heaps of people. It's a hard, hard, like it's a hard deal breaker for me. Yeah. If you even ask. Yeah. It's like, what do you want? And then I would, and I have nothing to hide. I would leave my phone out and if someone called or text, I'd be more than happy to tell you who it is. But at the same time, like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to trust. You gotta trust. Same as thing for me. I'd be like, I don't care. Talk to whoever you want. Do whatever you like. See you when I see. And get be better if you're gonna try. Yeah, be better. Be much better than that. Yeah, better. (laughs) Okay, this next one. This is a super throwback, Dom, and I want to ask you about this as I get into it. Okay, this next one uh, starts off with from middle school to early high school. I was super into Neopets. Oh my god! Here we go. Did you have a Neopet? Sure did. Heck yes. This was in 2004 at the height of Neopets popularity. If you've not played Neopets, you haven't lived. It was so good. Now, there were forums that that had all these subsections of the site, and one of these forums was dedicated to online role-playing, which is, uh, is that your Neo? Are you playing Neopets currently? No, I'm just showing pictures to the group. Understood. I thought that was some sort of Neopets app. Is there a Neopets app? Imagine if there was. Like, how cool oh would it God. be? Oh, my God. They're so cute. Oh, my God. Anyway. I love sorry, the Neopets. Okay. okay. No, not at all. All right. So one of these forums was dedicated to online role playing, which is kind of like collaborative story writing where each person has control of a character. It's basically just playing pretend but writing everything out that's happening. Okay. Through this, I eventually became part of a small friend group. We do our role playing on Neopets and chat with each other outside of the site through instant messaging. There was Jenny, her brother Mark, and another girl, Rachel, who Mark was dating. In pictures we exchanged with one another, Mark was your classic pale emo boy with a side-swept bang, <laughs> which 13-year-old me was totally into. It's delicious. <laughs> like, not long after Mark and Rachel broke up, Mark started uh, talking to me more and more, and we stu- soon started dating, which the group was supportive of, especially Jenny. Jenny is Mark's brother. This was before video chatting was really a thing, so all our communication was over text. Christmas came and my mum helped me to send an assortment of gifts off to Mark. He had promised to send me something too, but right around then he essentially disappeared. My very first ghosting. A week after that, I got a long message from Jenny where she confessed that there was no Mark. It turned out that Jenny was a closeted lesbian and Mark was how she was exploring flirting with girls. See, I can't be mad because I'm on the lesbian side. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I took the oath. Um, Kate, there is actually a Neopets app. Neopets Neopets Island Island Builders. Builders. Oh my god! I want to see that. And there's a website and everything, so it's still going. Okay. Hasn't got the greatest reviews. Only a hundred thousand downloads, but okay. Anyway, it's there. You can get on it. Okay, so those are a couple of my little reasonably harmless catfishing stories. I wanted now just take a little trip down a dark alleyway. If you'd like to join me, Dom. I've been down. I want to tell you. It is of no, no concern to you. Let me then tell you about Marissa Williams. This is probably, yeah, one of the the, the kookier ones and it's, I loved it. <laughs> Marissa Williams, uh, she lived with her aunt in Foster's, Alabama, 
since April 2014. Now, their relationship, so Marissa and her aunt uh, had a, a strained relationship because um, Marissa's habits on social, because of the habits on social media, she allegedly would invite strangers that she befriended, befriended on sites like Facebook over to her house. So her aunt was like, Marissa, stop it. Don't stop inviting these strangers over. You weirdo, cut it out. Yeah. When her aunt asked Marissa to stop inviting men she met online to her house and she didn't let her go to parties with strangers, the 19-year-old Melissa blo- Marissa blocked her aunt on Facebook, prohibiting the woman from seeing what her niece was doing on there. According to a deposition. (laughs) (laughs) Of course it got to that point. Marissa's aunt decided to create a Facebook profile for a fictional man that she named Trey Top Dog Alice so that she could add Marissa as a friend and chat with her. The woman hoped for a rare glimpse into her niece's online activity and for an opportunity to teach Marissa about the dangers of interacting with strangers online. I don't mind where the aunt was going to a degree, but. (laughs) (laughs) Top dog's out to play. Cheers, little top dog. The experiment soured quickly. (laughs) According to court documents, Marissa began unknowingly talking to her aunt, posing as top dog in late May, And on the first day that they interacted online, Marissa gave the fictional boy her phone number and home address and asked him to come over and get drunk with her. On the first day that she added Top Dog. She then, Marissa, then offered to have sex with him if he paid her $50 cell phone bill. Marissa needs to be taught a goddamn lesson. She is a like out of control she's a tow ticket bloody waiting to happen this is <laughs> it's not a good sign okay so she's asked for top dog to pay a 50 dollars cell phone bill now marissa allegedly so days later marissa allegedly told the man um she knew as top dog that her family made her angry and that she wanted to get out of alabama she then asked top dog uh, who she'd never met to come and kidnap her and take her away from her family. According to the deposition, Williams told Top Dog to shoot and kill her aunt if she tried to stop him. Her plans reportedly got increasingly intricate and sinister as time passed. According to the court files, she told the fictional man how to get into her aunt's bedroom so that he could kill her and the woman's fiancé first. Then she asked him to shoot her cousin and the family dog on the way out. Marissa allegedly planned to pack her things in his car whilst Top Dog murdered her family. Now, when she read out what Marissa was asking uh, the fictional boy to do, the aunt called the Tuscaloosa County Sheriff's Office and asked for help. According to the deposition, deputies arrived and interviewed Marissa, who admitted to the plot but apologised, saying that she didn't really mean for anyone to be killed. She was arrested, taken to the county jail, and she was charged with solicitation of murder. Good. <laughs> Fucking hell. What a crackerjack. I mean, I, oh, oh, I don't want to even unpack that one. Like, right? I don't care what kind of upbringing you've had. No. I'm, and I'm hoping and assuming this aunt was doing her darndest to take care of her niece. Uh-huh. But, but still... Imagine reading that, that your niece wants to kill you like to go out with Top Dog, who she doesn't even know and only met on the first day wants him to come over and get drunk and pay $50 for her cell phone bill and have a root. <laughs> <laughs> Unreal. It just, you put it so simply, Kate, it makes perfect sense. But hats off I mean, to the aunt for yeah. being able to continue the conversation and get it to yes. this point. Yeah, and like, then be able to use that evidence against her niece. That's, that's a very, very awkward Thanksgiving. That is a very awkward Thanksgiving. <laughs> okay, Dom, we've reached a crossroads. And by crossroads, I mean an intersection. I mean a place where you need to choose a path. A y. Yeah, why? A Y junction. We've reached a Y junction. Okay. I've got a question for you. I've got two stories left. 
I would like you to pick which one you would like to hear on our episode and the other epi- the other story will be shared to our Patreon listeners. Love it. So let me give you a little snapshot. We have the uh, an Australian story which um, I could share. That is probably one of the story of one of the the bigger catfishes, um, probably one of the biggest scandals here in Australia regarding catfishing. Mm. Or we could go over to the United States of America uh, where one of the biggest sporting-related catfish stories uh, that ever happened, it was just so horrendous, which led to a Netflix documentary um, happened. Which one would you like? I think let's you I love it when you give me these questions because that like the logic. <laughs> yeah, I want to know head. and I want to know why you're choosing these two. It's so this reminds me there's a, an account on TikTok and I'm doing it right now which is this ADHD girl who sits with her boyfriend and just goes on a tangent yeah. for a good 5 minutes. Oh yeah. And I show that to Kane constantly because I'm like, this is me. Yeah. I sit down and I have a full-blown conversation with you that I've already had in my head and you've got no clue what I'm talking about, but it makes perfect sense to me. Anyway. Every time I see those things, and it's just such a trap of of social media and things like that, but every time someone goes, you know, I'm stimming, these are my stims for ADHD, I'm like, I do all those things. Uh, (laughs) Hang on a minute. But then, you know, I go and see a doctor and they're just like, please stop watching the internet for diagnoses. Exactly. Please, because you're rubbing your feet together. You don't have ADHD. You need <laughs> yeah. to calm down because you're scratching your head when you're watching television absentmindedly. You don't have ADHD. Calm down. Yeah. You have achieved some things in your life that would be significantly harder if you had ADHD. You need to chill. Yeah. That's a very <laughs> That's good another lesson. proviso. Like, yeah. Don't turn yeah. to TikTok to be dangerous. Please don't. don't but anyway. Do to right. your question, Kate, yes. I my logic is is that the majority of our Patreons are more Australian leaning. Nice. So would appreciate the Australian story being told in the Brickner episode. So let's right. do the American story. Morocco. Let's do it. This. For okay. Here. Perfecto. All right. So we're going to January 2013. I'm going to tell you a story about a uh, NFL footballer or a, a an American footballer by the name of Manti Teo. Have you heard of Manti Teo? I apologize if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly. That's how I'm going to pronounce it moving forward. Please write in so that we can have a look at it and not make any changes. In January 2013, because <laughs> it'll be too late, uh, in 2013, Manti Teo become what became one of the most disgraced players in college football history, but it was not because of his performance on the field. Teo, who was once hailed as Notre Dame's star linebacker, quickly garnered media attention during the beginning of his football career. Uh, his heartfelt backstory, which centred on faith, football and family, was seen as admirable and so were his athletic talents, grit and strict sense of discipline. Everything was going well for Teo until it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I Teo'd you. I Teo'd you. Yo, you're good, you. You're good. Uh, isn't that just always the way that it goes? Everything was going great until it was not. <laughs> On September 12th, 2012, he announced that he had lost both his grandmother and girlfriend uh, Lenny Kikua, Kikua, on the same day. Mm-hmm. So he had said that his grandma and girlfriend had passed on the same day. Despite the tragedies, Teo persevered and received public support and national acclaim. He refused to miss a single game and successfully finished his season, thus fulfilling a promise that he had made to Kikua before her passing. But things took a turn for the worse just a few months later when it was revealed that Kakua was not a real person. In fact, she never was. Mm -hmm. The bizarre yet heartbreaking tale is revisited in Netflix documentary Untold, The Girlfriend Who Didn't Exist. The hour-long feature spotlights Teo himself along with his family, friends, and the one individual who was behind the entire girlfriend hoax. 
So they're all together on the same documentary, which I'm looking forward to watching because I didn't get a chance. I was hoping to watch it last night, but I didn't get the chance. Uh, Now, here's a closer look at the hoax and its outcome. Here's how the relationship started. Now, Lenny uh, Kakua, I'm not pronouncing that correctly, sorry, (laughs) was a fake persona created by Naya. Again, I'm going to pronounce the surname incorrectly, who at the time didn't realize that she was a transgender woman. And she had gotten in contact with Teo's cousin, uh, Shiloa, using the same alias. Additionally, the pictures that were used for uh, Kakua's Facebook profile were of Diane O'Meara, a former high school classmate of Naya. In the documentary, Naya explained that she created Kakua while struggling with her own gender identity and sexuality. Although she knew that what she was doing was wrong, uh, Naya continued her catfishing, saying it was the only way that she could escape from her current hardships. I knew what was right and wrong, but I was far too in love with being looked at this way, Naya explained. Yes, it was completely selfish, but but what it was made me happy. It was what I wanted to be reality. Now, Naya and Teo became Facebook friends in 2009 during his first year as a football player at Notre Dame. For Teo, conversing with Kakua was comforting because she was the first real connection that he had made after moving to South Bend, Indiana. The pair routinely communicated on an app and grew closer after Kakua revealed that her father was sick. I felt like I was helping her that it may- and that made me feel good as a person. I really fed off that, Teo said in the documentary. We would talk often through those conversations. I started to get to know who uh, Lenny is and what she stands for what her value values are, and I'm like, I really like that. Although Teo and Kakua never saw each other in person or other video calls um, because Naya did everything she could do to keep her own identity a secret, the pair developed a strong bond that was influential in his career. I remember telling him, you have to see the bigger vision, you have to focus, you have to get your mind right, you have to start holding yourself to this standard and be prepared. Naya said of one of the more poignant conversations that she had with Teo. Now that conversation eventually motivated Teo to become to continue playing football for Notre Dame that season in his senior year, even though he qualified for the 2012 NFL draft. Oh. So he stayed playing college ball. Almost a year later, Teo received news from uh, Kakua's brother, another fake persona created by Naya, uh, that Kakua had been in a car accident. Teo was told that she was placed on life support and had been diagnosed with leukemia. This is hectic. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Pick Poor one. guy as well. Like he's trying to, you know, manage his, his career and then his family and then this relationship, which isn't real. Hmm. Now, Naya said that the elaborate scheme was an attempt to halt the pair's relationship and prevent it from progressing any further. Yeah. Although the problem was Teo actually grew more emotionally invested in Kakua, uh, oftentimes staying on the phone with her for hours and hours and hours. Now, a few of his family and friends became skeptical of the relationship. One of his close friends, Robbie Toma, recalled that he had found no records when he tried to look up Kakua's accident. So that's the thing too. Like if you say that you're going to hospital, you've been in an accident or like something serious has happened and you're aware of the location, you can call hospitals, you can have a look it up on the news, you can contact police. Like if you're really wanting to know, you could find out information. So I think the bigger the lie, the more opportunity for you to be found out. Oh, that's yeah. why you just got to keep your lies little like I do every day. <laughs> um, on... September 12, 2012, uh, Teo received news that his grandmother had died at the age of 72 and later received news that Kakua had also passed away. I just broke, Teo said, reflecting on that moment. I walked out of the locker room and I remember everything kind of came crashing down at that time. He later disclosed the two, uh, uh, disco- He later disclosed the news to media outlets after a game against Michigan State and commended the support that he had received from both his family and so-called girlfriend's family. Following Kakua's death, Teo continued to stay in touch with Kakua's family, who were also entirely fabricated by Naya. However, his own suspicions grew when he learned that Kakua was not dead during a December 2012 phone call. 
My uncle immediately said, I think you're getting catfished, Teo recalled. And that was the first time that somebody ever brought up the term catfish. I didn't even know what catfishing was. Even when he explained what it was, I still couldn't understand what that even entailed. The girlfriend hoax was publicly exposed in January 2013 after Deadspin reporters Timothy Burke and Jack Dickey, Dickey is right, published the story. Manti Teo's dead girlfriend, the most heartbreaking and inspirational story of the college football season, is a hoax. That was the title of the story. Now, in the report, Burke and Dickey, Dickey is right, claim that Kakua is not a real person and revealed Naya as the catfisher in question. So they published this. Mm. They just went ahead and, and did it. Now, Naya came forward almost a month later and revealed herself as the ringleader of the entire hoax. As for Teo, he became a laughingstock online as people made fun of him for falling victim to a lone catfisher. Others accused him of organising the hoax as an attempt to bring more attention on himself and his career. That's, yeah. Now, one of the things I found fascinating about this story is in the documentary, uh, he has 100% completely forgiven Naya for everything. Yeah. He is, like, supportive and it's just, it's amazing. He's and amazing. I'm really, yeah, I'm really looking forward to watching the documentary. As I said, I didn't get around to it last night, but I really want to watch it because he just sounds like the most wholesome human being who yeah. didn't deserve that, but then to come around and forgive and to, yeah, open up his heart to, yeah. He's now happily in a relationship and, and kicking goals and things, which is great. Um, it's but yeah. totally worth a watch, Kate. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So that's the story, the the brief, the abridged um, story of of Teo. My goodness, you have you've um, yeah, you've told me you've told me of some story catfish stories, some stories? that I've never I've heard of. Story. Oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah, I was but, curious which ones you were going to go on. Yeah, I just found a few, and I like those sort of real life stories, even though they weren't as sort of scary or you know anything like that. I just found it brings a bit more of a human element to it. Uh, but Dom, before we head off to Patreon land to yeah. record our little Aussie story, I want you to answer this for me. And I've got the answer. <laughs> Who do you believe is the biggest catfish? I... I don't know who the biggest one is. I think there's a few. There's there's that um, dear John, or you know what? The, 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 there's a podcast about him. Um, yeah. Or there's the the Tinder swindler. Yeah, Tinder swindler. Which yeah. I'd never heard of. Yeah. A few of the Boopod Network podcasts have done stories on it. Have, yeah. I've watched the special now, and I'm like, fucking hell, and. I don't want to ruin it if people don't know about it, but it's it is just shocking. I think. Yeah. Uh, well, these are these are admirable suggestions, um, but I actually have the answer as to who is the biggest catfish. Oh, there's the don't fuck with cats one as well. Yeah, that is true. That's true. Yeah, that's also an admirable. It's also, uh, you know, what do you call it? Um, what's like a you know the good suggestion like a where you? What's the fair, word? What's the phrase I'm crack. looking for? Yeah, it's a fair suck of the salve. Um, what is, it's like a contender, something, I'll think of it. Yeah. But I have the answer as to who the biggest catfish is. Who so is before it? we leave you, the biggest catfish is the Mekong giant catfish. It's a, an official freshwater heavyweight champion of the world. According to the Guinness Book of Records, a nine-foot-long individual caught in northern Thailand in 2005 weighed an astounding 646 pounds, making it the largest exclusively freshwater fish ever recorded. The Mekong giant catfish, welcome to the podcast. Hello. <laughs> Join us in the foyer. We have got a tank out there. Uh, Lizzie's been building it all week. Welcome. Jump him in there. Just pop him in. No, don't drop him. Don't. He hasn't got any scales. Put him. Okay. No. Oh God, he's <laughs> flopping around out there on the bloody porch. That'll Gee feed whiz. him for a while, though. Surely. Yeah. Get into it, Lizzie. Help yourself, doll. There is your answer to the biggest catfish. The I Mekon. was genuinely like, I was like, <laughs> where is there a bigger one that I don't know? But... Yes, there is, because I mean actual catfish, because I wanted to bookend this ridiculous episode with more fish facts. 
That is fantastic. <laughs> but Kate, I did yeah. want to quickly just mention Uh-oh. the Netflix show The Circle. Yes. Have you ever seen it? I love that show. I mean, I fast forward a lot, but I do enjoy it. Yeah. It is no joke, possibly now my favourite reality show. So good. You and I would be so good on it. I think we'd be great. But it's all about catfishing to win a competition or either catfishing or not catfishing. And I think it is, I genuinely think it's a genius concept. Yeah. yeah, I reckon you could do a lot a real life an in person version of it. But anyway, agreed. agreed. Go check it out. Do um, it. There you are, folks. There's some catfish stories, some catfish facts, all related to aquatic uh, species and to uh, digital dickheads. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> we'll see you next week, folks. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> That's a wrap. Big shout out to everyone for tuning in to Shit and Bricks. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us. Plus, you can find extra little nuggets on our socials. Next week, we'll be back talking more shit, so do not forget to tune in. And remember to wipe, flush, and wash your hands. Goodbye. Goodbye.